Welcome to the Three Things Podcast. I'm Glenn Kubish. Each week I try to make stand still three things that made me happy or grateful. Even these days, a bit happy or grateful, the world being what it is. This week, number one, jars. Apparently, I am also from Chortkiv in western Ukraine, and not just from Delwood in northeast Edmonton. Thanks to my mother's record-keeping, I can trace my family back four generations on her side to the small city of 30,000 people or so, which is where my great-great-grandparents, Maria and Dimitro, lived, and where their son Josip was born. It's close, 100 kilometers or so, from a recent Russian missile strike. I don't know if I still have relatives there. I have never visited or done an ancestry search. For me, the old country is St. Basil's Ukrainian Cultural Center on 109th Street. The siege on Ukraine has laid bare flashes from my youth. Ukrainian dancing ribbons for my sister's hair, pierogies and cabbage rolls, pronounced pedahe and holopchi, borscht made deluxe with spare ribs, the sweet smell of hot wax for Easter pasanki, a blue-covered book on conversational Ukrainian by Yar Slavutich, next to a Reader's Digest trilogy of classics in the living room, and chicken, and chicken in jars brought up from the cellar at the farm, those jars of farm-butchered chicken that emptied with a slurp and a suck sound as the pieces bounced in jelly on the plate. I hadn't replayed that last earthy scene for 50 years, but it came back in a news article about the city of Chortkiv. I'd asked my mum for the family tree, information she kept in her Bible, copied Chortkiv into my computer search bar, and found the story of a woman from Santa Clara, California, who has gone back to Chortkiv war or not, to be with her daughter and grandson. The women there helped the soldiers by sending jars of pickled pork to the front lines, the story said. I know those jars. They remain preserved in me. Number two, curling. It was years ago, Auntie Sheila had had enough of me leaning over in movie theaters asking her to clarify a piece of plot or repeat a bit of misheard dialogue or confirm a character as good or evil. It was typically during a James Bond flick that I would need this real-time viewer's assistance. Memorably, she told me to just watch the screen, look at the shapes and colors, and just enjoy. I took her advice and have not asked for her interpretation nor understood a Bond movie since, but it works. The shapes and colors strategy also works for me when watching the event at the other end of the audiovisual spectrum from 007. I speak, of course, of curling. I am Canadian. I do not understand curling. There, I said it. I catch as much of the sport on TV as I can, though. Never miss the Scotties and never miss watching the Briar. Curling is like darts. Crossed with billiards, crossed with demolition derby, crossed with walking home on an icy sidewalk and yelling. Curling is slow TV. It's like watching the die rise on an at-home COVID test that comes back negative. I'm Canadian. I love watching curling. For the ice and the rings and the growl of the red and yellow rocks as they curve and spin like a narrative arc down the sheet, the skill level is high. Watch a curling broadcast sometime. If you know nothing when you start, you won't know anything more when it's done. The announcers and the players are not there to explain the game to the likes of me as much as revel in the ability to freely speak their mother and father tongue, picked up in curling clubs across the country, across the winters, across the generations. So put it back, button. We want to go, want to go right in the crotch so that he can't rip out. I want him to be able to go off of ours and through that hole. Right in the crotch so he can't rip it. Number three, Canada's. 
There's nothing like returning Canada's over Edmonton in March. Not because of any virtuosity in their song, mind you. The honks are throaty and raspy with a hint of exasperation, whinging more than singing. And they're not geese who are easy to get to know and like, the way they walk around wearing their balaclavas. Their audio and video aside, they are welcomed back at this time of year, like the first notes of an overture that send a ripple through the bodies of the patrons in the darkened theatre seats. The curtain is about to open on a new season. They're a reminder of the adventure of international travel, and they bring a shared reality. My friend Brian messaged me last week just to say the geese heading north had just cleared Hazeldean without incident. I haven't yet seen or heard them, but I don't have to, to admire their navigational prowess and their loyalty. friends. See you next time around.